Welcome to the November 5th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, and the sermon is entitled, The Work of the Church, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. We're grateful to come before a holy God today, and as you know, if you've looked at your bulletin, we are out of the book of 1 Peter, and you're like, what's going on here? That should be a clue. It's a good place to jump in. Pastor Nathan done a wonderful job last week. I think he done a wonderful job in preaching on on the fifth Sunday, and I'm grateful for him. But I want you to take your Bibles today and go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 6 is where we're going to be at today. And as we think about the work, many of us who who are Bible students know Acts chapter number 6 deals with those that are set aside with a particular task in the church. But here's what I want you to do. I know that you're trying to find Acts chapter 6. But take your pointer finger for me. Everybody take your pointer finger. Don't shake it at me, all right? Don't shake it at me. Just take your pointer finger and put it right here in your own chest. Ever since Jesus saved me, every time I entered church or every time I entered worship or every time I cracked open the Bible, I thought the Word of God was meant for me. And today we're going to talk about a particular part of the church, but this message has to do with every one of us, no matter male or female, no matter where you are in life. If you know Jesus, I believe this message is for you. We break into our study of 1 Peter, and we want to to tackle Acts chapter number 6. And here's the best way to tackle it. Dive right into it. So Acts chapter number 6, I'm going to start with verse number 1. Here's what God's word says. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. I'm going to stop right there. As we think about the work of the church, the first point that I want to give you today, point number one, is this. There are issues within. There are issues within the early church. Now, everybody, real quick, look at me one more time. Guess what? Every church has their issues. And Clifford Baptist Church, there is no excuse. There are issues within every church and here's what I've learned when you deal with people you've got to deal with people and especially when the Bible calls us sin-filled and wicked and perverse that is the root of what is in our heart and if God has not changed us that is still there the early church in Acts chapter number six is experiencing a lot of things And in my Bible, I've circled a few of those that I want to bring to your attention. Look at Acts chapter 6, verse number 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied. I circled that word multiplied. Because multiplied means what? The church is growing. The disciples in particular are growing. Now listen to me. It does not say the church membership role is going out of sight. It does not say the church is packed. It says the disciples, the disciples are growing. What is a disciple? What is a disciple of Jesus Christ? It is someone who knows God and chooses to live their life to follow his plan. That is a disciple. And what we're told in the book of Acts is this. The disciples multiplied. 
And so we see an issue in the early church that people are coming and people are being changed and people are giving their life to Jesus and they want to live their life for Him. Here's what I want to say. As I circled the word multiplied, I drew an arrow back to chapter 5, verse number 42. Because here's why the church was multiplying and the disciples was multiplying. Look at chapter 5, verse number 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Everybody, let's do it together. Amen. Ready? Listen, church is not about a preacher. It's not about the name across the door. It is not about anything other than Jesus Christ and Him being lifted up. And it needs to be done not only in the church house, but in every house. It's in every house. And so here's what I want to tell you, church. We want the church to multiply. We want a church grows. But part of church's failing is Jesus Christ is not in the proper position, not only in the church house, but in the home. And so today, when we think about issues within, there's the issue of all of a sudden there's growth coming and the early church has to deal with that. But there's other things going on. Look at verse number one. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Now I'm going to stop right there. You are given two groups of people within the church. And in the early church, the culture was very different. They had the Hebrews and they had the Grecians. And culturally, they were very different. And that's an issue. And here's what I want you to know. Friends, our doors are open to anyone that wants to come in and learn about Jesus Christ. And I don't care what color they are or what kind of background. If they are here for Jesus, our doors are open. And so if we understand when we open the door to the world, guess what? There are going to be some issues that you have to work through. And in the early church, the Hebrews and the Grecians were saying, Hey, there's something going on. Look at the end of verse number 1. The Grecians were murmuring against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So what the church was responsible for in the early days was this. They were to take care of the needs. Listen, we didn't have every nonprofit group in this day to help. The church was it. And if it was needs in the community, who do you think met those needs? The church. The church did. And there was needs of feeding the widows Food every single day. And as the church was trying to do that, the Grecians rise up and they begin to complain and murmur. And they said, hey, you are forgetting our widows. There's an issue. When something or someone is forgotten in ministry, you have to address it. And the early church now must address it. Now here's what I want to step back and I want to tell you. Anytime a church is growing or things are multiplying, don't you know that Satan wants to work division? Where God wants to add, Satan wants to subtract. Where God is multiplying, Satan wants to divide. And so you see that in the early church and there's issues of people murmuring. Now listen, I know that we don't use that word a lot today. When's the last time you went and said, I murmured about this today? Let me give you the, the updated word. It's complain. Now listen, I love you all, but I am not the complaint department, okay? When I look at my job and leading the flock here at Clifford Baptist Church, here's what I know. I will not please everyone. But the intentions of my heart 
are to follow the Lord Jesus Christ the very best that I can. And if I stumble and I fall, I will apologize. But I need to follow Jesus. That is my heartfelt desire to lead this church. But when we look at this early church, I don't want you just to skim through and and miss it. There are issues going on. And listen, church, Clifford Baptist Church is no different. So today, when I think about the, the things that are trying to divide the early church, I want you to see a great opportunity that happens within this early church. As the issues come, ministry begins. Listen to me, church. Ministry begins. Look at verses 2 through 4. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I'm going to stop right there. And point number two is this. As we look at the work of the church, I want you to see their primary focus. The primary focus of the early church can be found in verses 2 and 4. The apostles were leading. And as they were leading, they noticed that they were being pulled away because of the need of these widows. They were being pulled away from the greatest work that they could do. And that is the word of God. Look at verse number 2 with me. It says this, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now these apostles are not above that. That's not what this is saying. But this is saying the leaders and the apostles of the early church, their sole job was to be rooted and grounded and studied in the word of God and then lead the church because of that. They were to be prayer warriors. They were to be the chief people that were on their knees praying over the flock. And so these apostles were leaders there. But they were finding themselves having to meet these various needs. And they were being pulled away from the word of God. And so there's a plan and we're going to get to that in in a minute. But look at verse number 4. It says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, I want to say this, Clifford Baptist Church, I thank you. I thank you for surrounding myself with a great staff and with deacons and with people that are willing to serve. As we are getting ready to set set aside this role and speak to the role of a deacon, here's what I want you to know. A deacon is nothing more than a servant. Than a servant. A servant in the church. And so here, you want to know one of my visions of this church? Is that just because you don't carry the title of a deacon, every one of us is called to serve in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you see a need, you go and help meet that need. And so what happens are the pastors or the leaders, the apostles, are being pulled from the word of God and pulled from prayer because they've got to go tackle these tasks. You've surrounded me with a great staff that helps me so I don't have to do it all. But here's what I want to say. The word of God and prayer must be a priority in the leadership's life of any church. Not just this church. Any church 
Many of our sister churches are hurting because the pastor is paid to, quote-unquote, do it all. And that is wrong theology. That is not correct. And many of our pastors are being burnt out and worn, and they are quitting because they are doing things they are not called to do. Their focus should be the word and prayer. And as we see that, the primary focus of this early church is that they want to spend time in the Word of God, teaching the Word of God, and praying for everything that God is doing. How do we relate that to Clifford Baptist Church today? Number one, Jesus Christ will always be primary focus here at Clifford Baptist Church. As long as I stand here, Jesus Christ is number one. You need to know that. But you also need to know this. You don't need a deacon badge to be a servant. And so today, when I told you to put your finger straight in your chest, if you are a child of God, if you're a man of God or a woman of God, God calls all of us to serve and meet the needs together. And so one of the visions that I have is, is not me sitting here telling you and commanding you and, and giving you charge of what to do. My, my vision is this, is that we all have sleeves rolled up and we have hearts that love the Lord and that we see needs and that we meet the needs accordingly. But it all starts with a primary focus. And today I want you to know, church, if your primary focus is something other than Jesus, you will not serve him well. But when Jesus becomes primary, friends, that's when he begins to work. And I want you to know my heartfelt desire is this. You better not sacrifice your time in the word or your time in prayer for anything in, that I ask you to do. Does that make sense? Because when the pastor sacrifices the word, bad things happen. And when the flock sacrifices the word and prayer, bad things happen. Friends, you need to be students of the word. It goes back to chapter number 5, verse number 42, where Christ is being taught and preached in every home. I want you to see the second point, the primary focus not only of a church, but every household needs to be Jesus. Third point, look at verse number 3, and then I'm going to jump to 5 and 6. I'm going to reread verse number 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Go to verse number 5. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Icanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Verse number 6. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. The third point that I want to give you in the work of the church is this. There are seven men that are added, the seven that are added, and their names are listed in verse number five. But here is the plan of the apostles. 
We're going to choose seven men to help out with the physical ministry of the church. Including handling this issue with the, with the widows being unintentionally left out of the ministry and of the feeding that is going on. But there are three qualifications that are listed here. And more of them in 1 Timothy chapter number 3 verses 8 through 13. But here we are told that these men must be, in verse number 3, Look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who may we appoint over this business. They must be honest. They must be full of the Holy Spirit. And they must have wisdom. Those are the three requirements as they begin to choose these seven men. And as that early church works through that, uh, also, I want to add some of the qualifications from 1 Timothy. They can't be double-tongued. They can't be greedy. Uh, they can't be lovers of wine. They must understand the gospel. And their wives are also factored in the ministry as well. They can't be slanderers. So this, this position within the, the early church is in an important position as they set aside these workers in the early church. Now... As I met with the new deacons coming on this year, I made a point in pointing out in verse number 3 at the end of it, whom we may appoint over this business. As we think about serving, serving is not about us. Throughout the Bible, serving is never for benefit. It's for your gain. It's for God's glory. I'm going to step on my little soapbox for a second. If you do something and you have to blast it on social media, that ain't serving, friends. Because you're trying to get attention. And so I want you to see this. When we think of these men that are set apart, they're set apart for the work here. And as these seven are set apart for the work and to meet the needs, the business is meeting the needs of the people in the church. What does that look like at Clifford Baptist Church? Here's what it looks like. Our last count, 900, over 950 members of Clifford Baptist Church. Listen to me. You have 14 deacons. You do the math, I'm not going to do it for you. And here's what I'm going to say, it doesn't add up. It doesn't. That's a lot of business to be about, you, know, you understand that? That's a lot to take care of. And when we think of that, I'm not saying they can't do it, I'm saying it's hard. When we look at these men, our deacons in Clifford Baptist Church serve in various roles. Their, their most important role is to take care of their home. If you cannot minister at home, you can't minister at a church. The Bible teaches us that. They've got to take care of their home. They've got to take care of their families. They've got to take care of jobs. And then we ask them, hey, take care of these 950 people. On top of all that, do we have our issues? Absolutely we do. And these are not bad issues. But here's where I'm calling on the church. If the church is the way the church is designed to be the church, we all serve together. We meet the needs together. We make the needs known together. We show up together and we minister together to do the work of the Lord of Jesus Christ together. When I think about serving, the word that is mentioned here in verse number 2 in serving tables is diakono. To be a servant, diakonos is the word. That is where we get our word deacon from. Is a simple servant. 
But I want you to see the early church. It's more than just a plate of food. It's about teaching the church how to minister one to another. It's teaching the church how to recognize where there's a need, how to keep your ear to the ground, to listen, and to be watchful and be ready to meet those needs. And I want you to know and I want you to see as they set aside these seven men, look at verse number 5, the beginning of it. It says this, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. The church was unified in this decision. The church was in unity because they knew that they had needs. They knew that they couldn't meet them. And they knew that something had to be done. And so they are unified in bringing these seven men to the forefront of deacon ministry. And so they set them apart and they pray over them and they lay their hands on them. And they say, good luck boys, and kick them to the curb, right? No. Every day they prayed for the leaders of their church. Every day they bathed these men in prayer. And I want you to know, and this is Jeffrey's own thought. The first man listed on the list is Stephen. And and the Bible says here that he is a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. I believe the same faith that he served those widows with is the same faith that caused him to die for his Lord at the end of chapter number 7. This is the same man that would be killed for his faith. In just one chapter. Think of that. So the church is growing. Yippee. The seven have been set aside. That's great. Now what happens? Look at verse number seven. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. There are three things that the writer of Acts brings out. And point number four is this, there is extended blessing from ministry. There's an extended blessing that comes from ministry. Because of the unity of the church and the faithful steps that they followed of recognizing the issues and making the word and prayer priority and the setting apart of the seven, God honors their steps in faith. And so what does he do? The first thing that happens as now the leaders are able to preach and concentrate on the Word of God more, what's the first thing that increases? Look at, look at verse number 7. The Word of God increased. That's why things grow. It all must be traced back to the Word of God. And friends, when the Word of God is not being preached, it will die. We need to be a church and a people that are hungry for the Word of God. Every group, every group that meets needs to be focused on this because that's the extent of God's blessing is when people are serious about His Word. So we see the the word of God going out and God's promise that it does not return void. The word of God increases. The second thing is the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. When we think about the great commission in Matthew chapter number 28, that charge is to what? Go make disciples. It's not to build a big church. It's not to have a lot of people come. The goal of the church is to make disciples. Now listen, your pastor has a heart for this. And I'm I'm, I'm over a year now. 
So I'm getting a little braver, okay? What I want to see within the heart of this church are disciple groups. Whether that stems from Sunday school classes or small group studies, we need to be about making disciples for Jesus Christ. People that choose to live for Jesus. And we do that by building one another up and meeting together and meeting around the Word of God. And then people are charged from that. Right now, you will hear announcements to come from our men's ministry and our women's ministry making concerted efforts to build disciples through discipleship groups. I want to encourage you, be a part. Listen to me. If you're not in a Sunday school class, you need to get in one quickly because that's where you get centered on the Word of God. Get in a group. Get in a Sunday school class. My little, one, my little 30 minutes every Sunday ain't cutting it, okay? You need more than that. You need more than that. And so what we need to do is we need to be hungry for the Word of God. How quickly do two become four and four become eight? In 816 and 1632... It's all because people get together and get focused on the Lord and what He wants to do with their lives. They were faithful in following Jesus and the Lord blessed that. The third thing that happened at the end of verse number 7 is this. A great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now you may say that's no big deal. No, this is a big deal. This is a great big deal. The early temple... It is thought to have a number of priests that were in the thousands that worked and that went and that served. And the Bible says that a great number of these priests accepted Jesus as their Savior. Friends, this early church was turning Jerusalem upside down. And it was because of what Jesus had done in their life. And they were not ashamed of it. And they wanted to serve Him with all they had. So friends, today, as we think about these things and God extending the blessing to this early church, what does that mean for us today? I know it's time to go. What does that mean for us? Well, here's what it means for every believer in this room. It means this. You are a servant You are a servant of the Most High God. And so when you recognize or you see something, don't think you've got to always pray about it for two weeks before you do something. If the Holy Spirit leads you to do something, you better do it because you are quenching the Spirit if not. Move and serve and look for opportunities. Believers, that is what we must do as a church body. The second thing is this. If you are here today and... Maybe you pick this Sunday to come visit or you pick this Sunday to just show up and see what's going on. Here's what I want to tell you. If you are here and you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, before you can be a servant of anything, you've got to surrender your heart to the Lord. The greatest thing that can be done in this room today is that somebody that has showed up that does not know Jesus surrender their heart to Him as Savior and then follow Him with your life. The third thing is what does this mean for Clifford Baptist Church? Here's what it means for Clifford Baptist Church. Our deacon ministry wants to get better. And I love that attitude. We need to meet our needs and we need to do it better than we ever have. 
We have seen some of that growth that, that the early church has. We have seen some of the problems and the murmurings that are going on. We have dealt with those things. But here's what our deacons have chosen to do. They want to make our deacon ministry better. And so what they want to do is they want to move away from the family deacon ministry plan. And what that does is that takes the family, the big numbers, off of their shoulders. And here's what they're going to do. They're going to be serving Sunday by Sunday in this ministry in some way. You will see deacons in service every Sunday. And here's what we want you to do. Roll up your sleeves and join them in service. You will see deacons serving week by week. The second thing that you're going to see is that you are going to see these godly men take on gifted roles where they are gifted. Not everybody is gifted at going to a hospital and visiting. Not everybody's gifted at talking to people. People are gifted in different ways. So these men are going to target and serve where they are gifted. Some of them may be serving in administration behind the scenes. Some of them are going to be visiting widows and widowers. Some of them are going to be making contacts throughout the church. Some of them, They're going to be working where they are gifted. And then when we think about what that does for our church, then they will be meeting the physical needs, working to a triage method. That's the term that we've used, a triage method. They're going to work from the worst situations back throughout the church. If somebody is in the hospital, the deacons are going to be there, or the pastors are going to be there. And we're going to work from those situations back through the church. Does that make sense? And then our deacons are going to be contacting and reaching out the very best that they can. But here's where the, 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 the plan changes. Hopefully somewhere today, and I don't know where my copy is. you got a deacon ministry pamphlet. Did everybody get one? Did you get a deacon? Here's where it comes, the ball bounces to your court. In order to, for them to serve the best they can, they need to know where you need them. And so your responsibility, the church's responsibility, is to take that pamphlet, you put it on the refrigerator, and when you have a need, and you need a deacon, or you need somebody to reach out and meet that need, you call them. Does that make sense? Everybody shake your head yes. Even if you don't understand it, shake your head yes. Here's what I want to tell you. It's hard to serve and meet the needs when you don't know they're there. And so what we want to do as a congregation, instead of putting the families and then the deacons just checking boxes and feel like they're doing that and nobody ever calls, is when you have a need, you reach out to them. And they will try their very best to bring it to the group and if we need to, bring it to the church and help meet those needs. So the deacon family ministry plan is going to be set aside for a greater plan, which we're calling the serving plan, which the, the, the sleeves are up and the deacons are in the ministry serving and working and listening and meeting the needs within. Does that make sense? Amen. Okay. Here's where, here's where I know you're going to have questions. I know that some of you have been here for 30 years are going to have questions. Why are we doing this? This is to make it better. We feel that we can be more effective this way. 
And so today, as we talk about deacons, certainly this ministry should filter out throughout our lives. And though you may not wear a title or a badge or your picture might not be printed in a pamphlet, you can still be a servant of the Lord. And remember, in order for the church to select you, you've got to be doing that work in the first place. The great servants are already doing it without a title anyway. And the church recognized them. Friends, today, may we recognize the needs that are around us, the opportunity to serve, and the great God which gets all the glory from everything that we do with our lives. May we go to Him in prayer. Father God, Lord, we thank You for an opportunity today, Lord, to teach on a very, very important role in the church. The role of a deacon or a servant. And Lord, today I pray, Lord, maybe there are men and women in this room that desire that with their life. God, I pray, Lord, in this moment of invitation, Lord, that you will strip aside everything that becomes a distraction. And Lord, let us focus our lives and our homes and our church on serving you. God, give us that servant's heart that desires you first, your word, your truth, and desires to follow you as a disciple. And then from there, desires to serve their brothers and sisters. God, help and lead this moment of devotion as we open up this altar for prayer and for needs and for opportunity and for the greatest need of salvation. If there's one in this room today that needs the precious blood of Jesus to cleanse their sin. God, we pray your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.